So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. We have got a spectacular show today because today we are going to show you how to unlock money that you never knew you could use in real estate. And, uh, and it's going to be exciting. Uh, my guest is Damien Lupo. He is the author of QRP. Um, he's been in business. He's been investing uh, in real estate and uh, lots of other things for the last 20 years. He's owned over 50 businesses. He's kind of figured out some things about money and really the passive side of it and how to get people to unlock money um, they didn't even know they, they had that they can actually use to invest in real estate. So, Damien, welcome to the show, brother. All right, man. It's good to be here. It's good to see you again. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was crazy. We, uh, we met, um, gosh, we met at uh, Raising Private Money. Uh, that was Adam Adams out there. Adam Adams event. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a great event. A lot of people there, and a lot of good um, content delivered in that show too. There was a ton. I think there half of half of Facebook got invited, and they all showed up at once. It was pretty wild. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> so listen, man. So investing twenty years, and then and then coming out, you wrote this book QRP, um, and you've been exploding for what you've been helping people do. So. Let's let's talk about that, man. So it's sort of an interesting thing because when I started in real estate, I did what a lot of people do. I just sort of read a couple of books, got inspired, went out, bought some property, and thought I was a, a brilliant investor. And that worked out for a while until I made some mistakes and realized it's not all just pie in the sky and unicorns and puppy dogs. And and had to lick my wounds after two thousand eight with a little twenty million dollar loss. So I had some experiences. Just a little one. Just a little one. And and so after that, I started thinking, okay. What do I? What am I missing? And uh, there's a lot, you know. There's wait, wait a lot. hold on, time out. I gotta, I gotta, you lost twenty million bucks. Yeah, and I'm still smiling, which is crazy. But it took <laughs> a- <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a hole to dig yourself out of, bro. Yeah, that's called a reset switch. That's called okay, do over, timeout box, fetal position, and yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's it, it's kind of crazy because twenty million isn't any different than twenty thousand. It's if it's everything you have, yeah. you still have to start over. Yeah, so I just I just bet bigger and and had more deals and and uh, you know starting over one of the things I realized is I really hadn't thought too far out into the future I wasn't really thinking long term legacy stuff and that's it was I think it was serendipitous that I I bumped into this retirement space because all I was thinking about was like my next deal how to make my next hundred thousand or my next million and when the retirement space popped up it was kind of the same time that I was watching my dad retire and he was. He was kind of stuck because he was doing the traditional mutual funds and kind of hoping it worked out, smoking a bunch of hopium. Like that was his strategy. Hopium, and I, I love that. Ah, 
It's what most people are doing. It's just that they're all high on the hope instead of actually being pragmatic and realistic and looking at things like the real estate, like the multifamily that you talk about a lot. It's really thinking about how we can do that. But then they go, well, all I've got is my 401k or my thrift savings plan because I'm a government person and, or whatever. And then they go, well, it's mutual fund and that's it. And they stop thinking. And the truth is there's all these options where you can take that money and start investing. And so some people know about it, but they're doing it wrong. And then most people don't even know about it at all. So I just said, wait a second, I can actually give people control of their retirement money if I can teach this thing, but it just wasn't really being taught very much and not very well when it was. No, I, I, no, I think I absolutely believe that this space, because I mean, we deal with investors all the time. And when we talk about, you know, their retirement money, first of all, just can I use retirement money to do real estate is the first thing. It's like, oh, I didn't even know I could do that. Is that, is that legal? They're acting like, is it legal? And like, there's that one piece. And then most people are still even doing it wrong from that place, that from that point of view. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there, there's the, the big question is be, because they've never heard anybody talk about it. They, you think about what we see in Money Magazine or Kiplingers or our financial advisors that are trying to advise us, but they're really just selling us more mutual funds and insurance instead of saying, okay, here's all your stuff. And when you say, well, I want to do real estate or an alternative asset, they go, ooh, those are scary and it's dangerous. Don't put more than 5% of your stuff in there. And so that's what we're told because why? The money's flowing to commissions based on them selling paper They're assets. controlling the market. They want to keep their market share and market space. It makes sense. It's self-interest. That's how people operate. And so you know, then, I used to be a financial advisor, right? So you know the pitch. Oh, indeed. I love this. I know it well. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's what most of Keep us are- the money are, in the house. Don't let it leave. Never. And trap it. And then tell people they're stupid. Like you're too stupid to have your money. That's kind of the essence of the message. We are the smart ones here. We have the designations. Don't- I passed a test. That's- and so I'm a certified salesperson to get your money- <laughs> And make my commission. That's the industry. It's the only place where millionaires come and, uh, you know, they're called brokers for a reason because they're broker than the people that actually invest with them, right? That's, that's exactly what happens in every part of the country at every <laughs> level. It's the same thing that goes on. And so what do you do? You just are like, well, they're telling me that this is maybe wrong or dangerous, so you don't do it. And, and so ultimately, the reality is that it is, it's not only legal it's smarter to control your stuff because you actually will sit there and pay attention. If you hand it off, you just kind of sit there and go, well, I hope in 20 or 30 years, it's bigger. That's stupid. I mean, that's, that's truly stupid. Yeah. So the, the reality is you can take your money and you can use retirement money and you can use what most people are doing, Corey, is, is you, you see this all the time. They invest their IRAs. If, they, if anything, they're investing a self-directed IRA and they go, yay, I'm in. And then I go, no, you're about to get thumped with taxes. And they say, what are you talking about? And they don't realize that they, the reckoning is coming because they're sitting on a ticking time bomb. And that's the biggest problem I see right now in multifamily and real estate with retirement accounts. Even the people that know are doing it wrong. Yeah. So what you're talking about is people that have retirement qualified money, uh, whether it's a Roth IRA or a, a traditional IRA or things of that nature, if they're investing in deals like Corey does, like you know, apartments that we actually use leverage, they can be subject to this thing called UBIT, right? That's it. It's it, And it's, it's because of what... The reason we love real estate is because of the leverage, because we get to juice our returns. The problem is the IRS doesn't like that. They say, oh, you're using an IRA, so we're going to thump you. And it's, it's not... You're going to be maybe hit with UBIT. Like UBIT is, is looming all the time, and it's up to 37% tax on this profit from your leverage. So to make to help everybody understand what we're talking about, if you have a deal and let's say the deal is a million bucks and there's $700,000 in debt 
then 70% of the profits that you get from your investment are going to be subject to this tax. And so like if you put in your 300,000, then 70% of the profits that you make are going to be taxed at almost a third. That's and think about this. We try to get as much as 80% leverage on our deals. 80% of your profits are going to be taxed at up to 37%. And so, so people go, wait, I thought this was an IRA. Or they say, I thought this was a Roth IRA. And um, it, it's just a thing that happens, but there's a way out of it. I mean, that's the, the good news is that. So if you're thinking, oh crap, I'm already in an investment. Like, what do I do now? You can actually fix it. And that's, I mean, that's what we do pretty much every day. We're fixing these and giving people a, a way to get out of that tax forever, which is a huge It deal. really is about education, right? Yes. Now, you just wrote a book. Well, I say you just wrote a book. How old is that book? You're old, maybe? or no. So the QRP book was, was actually the first written, the first edition back in 2012. So it's been okay. around for a long time. We keep updating it with new information. And, oh, and good. Pause. I mean, I read the book. I said, like, wow, that's, it's a great book, man. Can, and where can you get that book at? So the QRP book, you can get it at qrpbook.com. It's, it's, I mean, literally, if, if you want to be educated and if you're, if you're listening right now and you're still here, it's because you want to be educated. Like that's good. And so the next step really is educate yourself on this piece or give away a third of your profits. I mean, that's kind of the two choices. I think one's more expensive. Just, yeah. I, I mean, if I was a betting man, I'd be like, uh, no, I'll take door number two. Right. Right. Well, right. And, and that's, I think we, we just get overwhelmed. There's so much information. And the idea behind the QRP book was that it boiled it down to English. You know, like you can actually read it and kind of get it. And then I took it and I further boiled it down to a 14-page summary that people can get as well. And that really gives you the essence of what you and I are talking about, why this is important and what options you have. Because you're just not going to learn about these things in any type of mutual fund advertised magazine or on CNBC as, as uh, Robert Kiyosaki always talks about being bubble vision. I mean, that's never yeah. going to be enough. So let's talk about the solution then. So like if, so if it's not IRAs and it's not Roths, then what is it and how do you help people get there? So what it's, it's called, it's called an EQRP, which stands for Enhanced Qualified Retirement Plan. And it, it comes under the, the 401 section of the code. And so when t- a lot of times people go, oh, that sounds like a, like a solo 401k. And they say, okay, I've heard of that. Well, not exactly because solo 401ks have their own problems. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But basically anything under the 401 section, because IRAs are under 408 and 401ks and 401 type of things are under 401, they're exempt from this tax. So you can have all the leverage. Corey, if you can go do a 95% leverage deal, all the profits, even though it's 95% leveraged, are exempt. So you get to, if you have your retirement money, in an EQRP, you're exempt from this tax. You can have all the juice in the world. And so then the question is, well, shoot, I have all my money invested with my self-directed IRA. You can convert it. And so if you don't have one, but you're in an IRA, you can convert it. If you have any other thing, like a 457, like you were a teacher or a firefighter, you could convert those into an EQRP. Don't convert them into a self-directed IRA. That's the bottom line. And if you're in a self-directed IRA, we convert it. It's called an in-kind rollover. We move the assets. And as soon as we do that, literally no tax. You're exempt from UBIT, which is the unrelated business income tax from the other acronym, which is UDFI, unrelated debt financed income. This alphabet soup menagerie, I mean, that's really just, it's just a mess for you getting taxed. Or if you're in the- Yeah, it's just called tax. You're going to get taxed because you have this deal and you have leverage. And uh, and that's, that's a real thing. It's a real deal. Now, you know, in the beginning, I'll just I'll be honest. Like, so when we first started, one of the things we do in the early on for people that had this problem is we gave them our depreciation. We gave everybody, whether it's an IRA 
whatever depreciation to help offset this tax. Well, that's good until you sell it. That's it. Right? That's the and, then, and then you have to recapture. So they're still going to get hit with tax. And, and actually, that's a great point because a lot of people say, well, I've, I, I don't think I'm subject to this because it's, I've never had my account say anything. And even if your accountant knew, even if your accountant was looking for it, what you just said is the reason that it's not having an impact yet because the depreciation offsets. And so UBIT is only triggered if you have a net positive 1,000 or more on K1. You so, know, we talked about my dog barking right before the podcast, and <laughs> and there and there it is, right? <laughs> it's called Murphy's Law. It doesn't matter. You know, here I'm in my office. You're in your home office. It looks like, and uh, you know, I, I let my dog in here because my dog keeps me company. And not that it's the dog show today, but it may be the dog show today. <laughs> Your dog's pissed off about you, bit. That's what's happening. Your dog's exactly. Like, hey. He's like, I want to get out of here. Taxes. I hate taxes. Oh <laughs> uh, wait, and it, 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 I mean, this really is a surprise. I get people. There's one great example. I had some people that had a, a house that they were an investor in that it was being flipped, and they came to me and they said, "Hey, we just found out our IRA is about to have a taxable event." And I said, "Well, what do you mean?" And they said, "We're flipping. We're supposed to make make fifty eight thousand dollars on this, but our accountant told us we're going to have a twenty thousand dollar tax bill." And I said, yeah, because it's in an IRA. And they said, yeah, how do we fix that? Did we convert? That's how we, we converted it. So that it went into their EQRP and now their tax bill is zero. But before, and this happens with, with multifamily people that are investing in the syndications, they just don't know it's coming because there's negative income every year because of depreciation, which is what you've given people, which is great until y'all sell the property and then it's a disaster. So let's, let's then let's unravel this for just a minute. Let me ask you this question. So if someone's already invested in a deal, they have a qualified plan, or I call it an IRA or whatever, Roth, and they're already invested in a deal, you can still then transfer that account to an EQRP. And because it's not like you have to sell all the assets, you're just transferring the account itself. It's still keeping the assets, right? Yep. That's just like an example. If you're this doesn't always work with, um, well, it, wor- it works because it's an illiquid asset. But like, so I'm thinking about if you go from Edward Jones to a self-directed IRA company, Edward Jones is going to make you liquidate all their mutual funds before you transfer money over to another account. So it, it kind of depends on where you're going. Some places can take it. Some places will tell you they only take cash. And if they only took cash, then Edward Jones would say you have to sell it. And if you went from like, say, Edward Jones to Schwab and Schwab had they do mutual funds. Right. You literally keep the asset. That's called an in-kind rollover. That's just yeah. keeping the thing. So you're doing the same thing. You're keeping the it's asset. An in-kind itself. rollover is what you're trying yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very, and that's very, uh, A, the rules allow that to happen all day, twice on Sundays, right? There's nothing, there's nothing illegal or weird about it. It really is just about pushing some paper. That, that's all it is. And let me tell you, it will piss off the people that have it because you're pulling away the fees. Oh, no, there you go. Hit that button for a minute. It is unbelievable. And just a warning, if you want your money, two things. One, people are going to try to tell you that it's their money, like the custodians. And two, they're going to try to keep the fees. So you just have to expect that the interests are, are misaligned. And it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. The question warning, is... Warning, warning, warning. Yeah. <laughs> they will tell you that that's risky. You're going to lose all your money. It's going to fail. What are you? Are you going to do all the reporting? What happens if you report the numbers wrong? Their job is to scare the living crap out of you. Sounds like you had training on this. Well, listen, man. I mean, I, this is what I used to do for a living. <laughs> hey, I mean, and it, I would be like, why don't you, you want to invest in real estate? 
I've got a beautiful REIT. Yes. It's right. Called, it's real yeah. estate investment trust. It's kind of like the same thing, but See, not really. <laughs> paper. It's paper. It's just, and it can be manipulated. When you do a deal, you're dealing with something real. It's sticks and bricks and people and land. And like, there's a real thing there with all this paper. It's just. The value can go to zero. And, the, and here's what the uh, broker says. It's the market. It's the market. It's the market. Hey, listen, if, if, if I lost everybody's money, there's no way that Corey could say, oh, it's the market. No, that's not going to happen. They would be suing me for some either gross negligence or something, right? Like, I mean, there's just, that doesn't happen in the real estate world. Your properties don't usually go to zero. We do have 2008 where properties went to half, right? But I mean, they came back. They came back. All the property values are back where they used to be, if not higher. So like, there you go. It, it, it really... I mean, it really does come down to the question of who are you and, and anybody that's listening to, to you and this show is somebody that's, that's self-responsible. They're taking the time. I mean, y'all are investing the time to grow and you're not just saying, okay, well, I'll just push it off and I'll be a victim to the market. That's not why we're here. And so if you're listening and learning, you want to be in more control. And the truth is, this is about as much control as you get when you have a checkbook and your money. And I mean, this works for people, Corey, that have, they're by themselves. The EQRP, if you have employees, it works. Uh, I mean, it really is dynamic. So anybody that says this fits me philosophically, that tool will actually work for them. It's a huge difference. It's the only one of its kind. Like a solo 401k doesn't do that. An IRA doesn't do that. Like it doesn't work that way. Right. No, it totally makes sense to me. And, and really, because it's really about education. I like what you said just about like self-educating. Most people have a pretty good idea. Not everybody excuse me, but most people have a pretty good idea of, of what it would take to make their money grow. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that are very smart out there and like, and real rich people, I think it is all about control, right? When I look at, when I study wealthy people, the one thing that they want is control. Cause they say, listen, why would I give my money to a broker that doesn't even know, like, honestly, they take your money and get their sales commission. And then they never look at it again. They'll have a review, but they're not doing anything to manage that money. Even if they're saying they're managed money, they're not managing the money. Somebody in like, you know, miles, miles away that maybe he's looking at it, but maybe it's another person that's like, how many people does it touch before that one person says, I want to buy some blank stock with this, all this money that we have. Who knows? There's no control. That's it. it rich people do two things in addition to that. They, they do, well, they do. It's all about control. And it's about teams. And one of one of the things that's important, I see people doing this where they're not they're not thinking about teams. In fact, I just had a deal that I cut loose of that I was working on. I spent almost two years on it, and I killed it the day before we were going to send it out to the market. And it, we're talking a lot of money and a lot of time because I realized one of the team members that was a part of the deal, a primary, the developer, was not a team player. And so I said, no, no interest. I'm out. And when, when people are looking at doing stuff with you, they're, they're looking at teams. They're looking at pros. And, and that's a huge difference. Amateurs do things by themselves. Professionals and rich people, they have teams. They always have teams. There's no exception to that. And so when you're thinking about investing, how would this be any different? You want to have teams. You want to have the right people advising you, but not just selling you something. And, th- and th- you want to have those people with skin in the game. Like You make a great amount of money when your deals work with your investors. You don't just make money too bad, they lost. Like That's not how it works. Like You're really in it with them. And that's a huge thing that people should be looking for, in my opinion. Yeah, it really is. So if you'd like to know about 
Kahuna Investments deals. Um, the best way to check that out is to go to kahunainvestments.com and to join our deal room. There's a process. We got to get to know you. You're going to fill out a small form. You're going to uh, calendar up on our calendar and we'll talk to you and discuss your investment goals, what you want to do, um, and, and kind of try to figure out if we are a fit. And then we can see if we can actually uh, put you into our deal room uh, process. So we'd love to get to know you that way. So again, go to kahunainvestments.com and click on the deal room and let's get to know each other better. So that said, we're back, brother. All right. <laughs> we're back. And we're, you know, it, it's, it's really fascinating to me when, when I see how people are chasing the story and they're not starting with the team. They're not starting with the, the primary uh, where they, there's a lot of sizzle. And I think one of the things that people can really do is pay attention to the people that are driving the, the ship and, and really making sure that they're philosophically and ethically aligned. And I think that, that people that listen to you over and over, they like you and they like your dog. They're like, yeah, that's our team. Like we want these. You know, my dog's barking at the other dog right now too, right? <laughs> you got to love my dog. My dog, this is an English bulldog. And she's, hey, honey, come here. Be cool. Be cool. Let me come on. How can you not love that face? If you're watching on YouTube, you just saw her. She's, she's my fat girl. She loves me. <laughs> but, but you are right, though, to go back into it, is that um, people invest with us. And, and I think people, when they really, you should be like looking at your sponsor or whoever, like when you're looking at real estate, and especially in the syndication, is to really do a good job in vetting who the operator is, who's taking your money, who's going to be driving that bus with you, and making sure you understand their history, their track record. And then you should be actually asking, um, in my opinion, give me some of your other investors that I can talk to. And so I can get like from the horse's mouth, how do you do what you say you're going to do? This is, this is a huge part of what is missing. And a lot of times people aren't asking, they're not doing their homework. And you know what, it'll come back to bite you because you'll, you'll see the sizzle, but then you'll have a stone cold steak and it doesn't really work unless, I mean, you got to do your due diligence. Uh, one of the things too it's, that's important is to look be beyond just the successes. I want to I want to know what what people have messed up. I want to know how they've learned. And if they've if if somebody's had a hundred percent success, they've never made a mistake. I'm going to run for the freaking hills. Like I want to know that they've actually stubbed their toe and tripped a few times, and it's not been all peaches and cream because the reality is stuff cycles, and nobody is that good. Like nobody is that good. So I, I think it's important to ask that question and see if you're dealing with somebody that's in objective reality. That has the integrity to say, yeah, man, it's not a perfect world, right? Oh. Here's, yeah. I think that's an important question. It, it's, it, I mean, you really do need to know the, these things. It's the question, one of the questions, right? Because yeah, there, there's, there should be a list of questions that you go into any deal, any person, any opportunity and starting there because you, we get so emotional about the excitement of being in the deal and then FOMO kicks in and the fear of missing out. Like, I got to be in this deal. It's like, well, where's the deal? I'm not really sure, but it's exciting because I'm going to make 15%. It's like, yeah, okay, well, maybe you should take a minute to think about this and ask a few questions. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's that when I see, and really here's what I see in the industry right now, and it's, at least when it comes to syndicating and people doing deals and, and partnering with people, there is a, because the big buzzword right now is apartments and cash flow, right? And so everybody's on this cash flow train. Oh, I'm all the single family fix and flippers who no longer can find deals are now becoming experts. That's my air quotes if you're listening. This is my air, air experts, and they're not experts, okay? No. 
and they have no idea and they don't know what they're doing and they're underwriting not their underwriting is horse crap for a better word and it's going to take a little change in the market a little hiccup and they're going to be losing their shorts and they're raising ungodly amounts of money because they were successful in the single family world but the multifamily world is an absolutely different beast yeah i it, it this reminds me i guess it's Sadly, in a way, but it also is an incredible lesson. When I, I did my, my first multifamily engagement out in Memphis, I thought it was going to be amazing because it was right next to Elvis's house. Like it was by Graceland, and I thought that'd be amazing. I don't know why I thought that'd be amazing, but coming from Alaska, I guess any part of civilization is amazing. So I, I go out there, and everybody was cheerleading the deal. And I remember one of the mistakes I made is when earnest money goes into a deal for a period of time, it's it's refundable and then it goes hard which means you can't get it back no matter what so with the moment my earnest money went hard i got stupid because i got greedy and i went oh this deal is amazing i stopped looking it was like blinders seen like a horse with blinders all i saw was closing on this thing and i closed a month later and i ended up losing two million dollars on the deal i had and it wasn't it was because I was so blind. I wasn't present. The only people that were there to give me optics were the people that were going to get paid based on me being in the deal. There was nobody giving me objective anything. And I was in charge. Like It was incredibly dangerous because there was nobody looking out for the money. Everybody was just like, yeah, let's make this thing work without actually looking at the problems. Like It was in a war zone. You needed a bulletproof vest. And I know this because my guard was killed on site protecting this property. And I had no idea what I was investing Whoa. in. I mean, it was brutal. Just a lot can go wrong when you're so disconnected from this stuff. So who's connected to your money in your properties? It's a, and what's their track record of being connected and knowing what they're doing? Well, that's a great insight, man. And that's, that's a hard lesson learned from you, right? But at the end of the, end of the day, I mean, you've bounced out of that. So that's what's great about it. And you're probably, you know, when you, when you really think about the investors that, that have these retirement monies and all the things, their biggest fear is running out of money. Yes. Like, in retirement, like that's, and what I also, so this is what I talk about. Like, what do you think about like, when it comes to like the stock market, how does it do perform when it comes to giving people paychecks from your, your opinion? Market, yeah. The, the stock market doesn't give you a paycheck. The stock market gives you an illusion. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, when we think about st- paychecks, we think about maybe dividends. And I, I think that's, that's crazy. You're going to die broke. Like you're just, I mean, unless you start off with $50 million, you're literally just, it's not going to work. So how do you make it work? You've got to go to something that actually makes sense. And I think that's why multifamily and just real estate in general can make so much sense. Stock market is meant for speculation. It feels good and it taps into our, our glands and this the, the dopamine hits we have when we see these green arrows. Oh, look, CNBC says the market's up and everything is good and it's booming. That's great. And then tomorrow when it's down with a red arrow, you're on an emotional roller coaster. So you've got like all these different antidepressants you're taking to deal with the arrows. I mean, it's crazy. Think about, uh, this is what I always, I, I remember, I'll, I'll never forget it. When I had like, so when the market crashed, I was a financial advisor, right? And I remember this couple coming in to my office and they had just, you know, probably a year earlier came in and invested all their money. Like the, they, they retired, they had a couple million, two and a half million dollars. They rolled over. We put it in a, you know, well-diversified, well, well-diversified, my air quotes, right? Different mutual funds and trying to, you know, based on their objective. And it was more bonds and things like that. And then the market crashed. And dude, all their planning at that point in time was whacked 
because they started they they needed income right away and there was and their worst fears had came true which was am i going to run out of money that's what they were asking when they come to my office it's the biggest concern and the answer was yes and i had no other thing i could show them and what they really wanted it was and the whole time all they really wanted was income stream yep. like checks and what i found is that wall, wall street is horrible at creating actual checks for people it, it's crazy, Corey. I just get a check. Read, you got to sell something. Well, that's it. And and there's this whole idea of the four percent rule. And if you just sell off four percent of your portfolio, and and then you probably won't run out of money. And I just read Kiplinger's big book on this literally this morning. And I, I want to see what the masses were reading. So I read this whole thing, and I'm thinking, okay, this is an interesting rule. But like most people don't realize when they when they're told the market goes up eight or ten percent a year from 1929 to 1954, we're talking. A long time. We're talking 25 years. That's how long it took for the market to break even. So if you're thinking about getting dividends, you're thinking about selling 4% of your portfolio to get a paycheck, you're going to run out of money. I mean, when my dad got really sick, he made that comment to me. He goes, you know, I I feel like I'm going to kind of be a burden. And he ran out of money. And I think he died earlier than he would have if he'd actually had resources. But it's a big thing. When when you're running out of money and you get sick, you don't want to be a burden. That sucks. So I don't think the stock market is the way to remedy that. No, and really, it really is because, and also there's taxes, right? So when you sell stuff to make a paycheck, you've got taxes uh, on top of that. And, and they're different taxes. Well, it's still passive income, but like, again, I think real estate provides better opportunities for that. I mean, and doing an EQRP, it becomes really smart because now you're playing the tax game correctly when you're, when you're investing in syndications that have leverage because most people are doing it wrong. It, it's, it's crazy. The options, if you actually understand the information because you, you've gotten educated, I mean, you can literally, let's say you're 45 years old. You can literally take IRAs, 401ks. We can convert those to Roth, get you access to the money. If you wanted to, I can get you all of your money tax-free at any age. I mean, that's the power of having the right information. People say, wait, I'm not 59 and a half. Yeah, but you can convert to Roth and then you can pull it all out tomorrow. And if you are a real estate professional, we can offset with depreciation. There are some strategies. This is people are like, wait, what did he just say? Like the reality is it's the information. If you start meshing these things together with the right team, you can access all your money and stop paying taxes. I think it's kind of funny, but I think one of the reasons that that our president does not want to show his tax returns is because I think he doesn't pay taxes. I mean, this would be like, <laughs> I know he doesn't pay taxes. <laughs> Right? Guess, code. guess who else doesn't pay taxes? <laughs> Me. Right. I, I'm not paying taxes. What? And, and people say, well, that's not fair. Why is it not fair? It's not like you can't use the same code. It's for everybody. And we just don't, we don't spend the time. We're just playing the game that allows the, uh, that the government favors. Well, and, and, you know, Ty, a lot of people have heard of Tom Wheelwright, the, the accountant that works with Robert Kiyosaki. And, yeah. and he talks about the tax code being a series of incentives. And that's really all it is. The government wants us to do certain things. Why is real estate going really well? In large part, because a couple of years ago, there was a tax reform act that changed things with bonus depreciation and cost segregation that really made it a good thing. A game changer. For everybody, if they do it. But a lot of people are like, oh, my mutual fund is paying me 8%. Yeah, that's funny because I always say like, uh, I mean, I, I have the same opinion of, of the stockbroker and the mutual. F- I mean, it's a, it's a rigged game. And really, if, if people understood how rigged it really is, because these large firms don't think that they don't have lobbyists, like they lobby hard. That's why even still today, there's not a, not a lot of people understand the QRPs, the, you know, 
retirement plans in general that you can even invest in your using some type of IRA or some type of qualified plan. Because that's what we're talking about is qualified money. Money that gets a benefit by being some tax shelter, right? And most people don't even know they can do that. I mean, and the industry has made it that way. I mean, listen, I mean, because the I mean, there's, there's rules as a financial advisor, right? It's called selling away. You're not allowed to sell away. I can never as a, if I worked for Edward Jones and Edward Jones doesn't offer the product, I cannot offer you a product that my company doesn't rep and sell, allow me to sell, period. So is anybody going to tell you that an EQRP or anything to move money or is, is a real estate to get investment? We're going to say, oh, that's hell no. But the truth is they really can't. They can't. They're not even allowed to. Now, it, it, it's amazing what the restrictions are. And you're not really, I think we're getting a lot of filtered information and it's filtering out the really good information, the really important information for the interest of the people that are actually saying it, not for the people that are supposed to be hearing it. And I, just just- had, I just had a guy come to me that is a really wealthy guy, right? And he, we went through a full presentation, my pitch deck, right? Of an apartment deal. And so then his, then he's like, well, you know, I need to let my CPA look at it. Right. So we do another zoom call and I'm, I'm assuming I'm, I'm going to go pitch the whole thing again, because like, I don't trust the CPA. Right. He gets in there and he says, well, I've looked at this and this is crap and this is crap and this is crap. And I'm just like, okay, first of all, like, and that's what people like, same like mutual fund, anybody that's in the stock, let me let my stockbroker look at it. Listen, they, when you're asking salespeople to give you their opinion on stuff, understand how they get paid. I always say, follow the money. I mean, follow the money. Ask the, I always like to ask people for, to show me their balance sheet, their personal balance sheet. I'm like, how are you making money? Are you making money from the stuff you're selling and commissions? Or are you making it from the actual ownership of the thing? Like, show me how you're making money. It's always an interesting question. And guess what? They never tell you. I mean, I no. had one guy tell me one time and he was selling me life insurance and he shows me his balance sheet. And I go, you are not full of crap. And I bought a lot of life insurance from him because he was in, in alignment with what he was selling. And I thought, okay, I can at least trust this guy. I don't know if I love this or not. But I trust who's selling me this stuff. He wasn't hiding behind the, the smoke and the stories. He was actually really doing what he was selling. I think that's important, right? Honesty and integrity. So it's bloated in that world. Like they act like they're so smart. I've and listen, it's it's toxic. I remember like this is what people don't understand what financial advisors do. But when they get together, all they do is talking about how much money they made, right? Oh, I just got this, I just had a million dollars roll over and I and I use three different mutual funds so I can not get all the breakpoints, right? So I could make some more commission. Or, I mean, like that, those stories are real. Or I sold them some variable life wholesale, you, need, you know, whatever the most expensive life insurance they could sell because that's got the biggest, highest premiums that they can make. And so we, we took that and like, and they act like they're doing so good, but it's really just about them making money, man. That's it. It's sick. It's, it's a, a little How big's your book, right? That's all financial advisors talk about. How big is your book? Yeah, well, and that comes back to this whole idea of the AUM, the assets under management. The, I mean, the, the, the thing, and you know this better than I do, in, in asset management world or when you're selling mutual funds or insurance products, it's how much money you have inside your system that you're getting that fee on every year. And 12B1 fees. It's brutal. 
it's, I mean, it's awesome for you because how do you, how do you golf and vacation three, four, five months a year? You do it by having a big book. See, the guys that have $50 million books, they don't even come to the office, right? All, and really, I mean, all they're doing is churning. It's called churning. Words churning. And they churn. Even though you're, they say you're not supposed to churn, everybody churns. And they'll say, because, you know what? I think we should do this this quarter and make a slight adjustment. It's going to, you know, whatever. Or the new term is uh, m- managed money, where they'll just put in everybody's money and they'll say, hey, we're going to make one and a half or 2% fee of all your money. We'll make unlimited trades, but we're going we're gonna to manage your money. Right. It's good for them. It's called fees. It's called income. I mean, it's, it's good fees for-, for life. Yes. <laughs> It is a crap shoot, dude. It's so rigged, right? It, it, it truly is. I mean, it's rigged in favor of one party. I mean, the, the system. That's just so. Hard. I mean, so to me, this seems to be like this is your your calling card right now. Is like, let me help educate the world and open their eyes. It, it's it's about breaking shackles because I think people have put on their own shackles, and the cool thing is you can take them off. And these are financial shackles. We feel like we're stuck, but it's because we have shackles on. And it's, it's the empowerment with the education that it enables us to take the, those things off. I mean, that's my entire mission is to break those shackles and to free people from bondage. It's not a bondage that you're stuck in for life unless you choose to be there. It's really a choice. Yeah. And well, this is news to me that I didn't, I didn't know that if you're already in a deal that you can still uh, do it in like, uh, what do you call it? It's called an in-kind rollover. And in-kind rollover. It, all right, we're doing this literally a week before people are selling their properties. They call us and they say, hey, my property, I just got notice. My sponsor, you know, they're, they're selling. And so we're going to cash out. And I say, great. And we move it over before they close and no UBIT tax. This is a huge deal. So it's really important for people to get that. You don't have to pay UBIT. It's really an option. That, that's sexy. It's super sexy. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you didn't listen to that, that's, that's called get out of jail free card, right? Because there's there would be no worse experience than having that happen, being in that and and wait and then not get it done and then have to have a tax bill when it's so you couldn't you could totally not have that experience. Well, and here's here's the thing that I, th- I see some people doing a huge mistake. People go, well, it's uh, it's not selling immediately. I'm not going to worry about it. Well, guess what? Congress is always changing the laws. You may not be able to move your stuff from an IRA over into a, an EQRP, and it, that may change. Now you can do it. So if you're waiting, just plan on paying UBIT tax because the con- Congress is changing the acts. They're, they're changing the rules around 401ks. It literally, right now, there's legislation that's in, in motion that would change some of the, the inheritance rules around it. So Congress is always changing stuff. The question is, are you going to do your they thing? They always got their fingers in it. Yeah, exactly. Always. always. So if there's if it's, if you can take advantage now, by all means take advantage. So listen, how do people get a hold of you to and, and, and find out more about your system and how you they can get an EQRP? Best thing to do is to grab your phone that you're probably listening to this on, or if you're watching it on YouTube, grab your phone anyway and text the word EQRP to seventy two thousand. And that's going to give you a, a copy of that report I mentioned. It's going to give you the highlights. And then if you want a copy of the book, I'll send you a copy as well. Super simple. Just text that word EQRP to 72,000 and boom, it's on the way. And you're going to realize, wow, I got the info in my hand. Yeah. So we'll make sure we put that in the show notes as well. So it'll be down below. If you, uh, you know, are driving right now, listen to this and you want to take some time, it'll be in the show notes uh, as well. But listen, Damien, um, this is good information, dude. Like there's a few times when I say there's, you know, your biggest partner in life that's consistent and will always be there is Uncle Sam. 
And, you know, our whole goal, I think, is not what you make. It's what you what? What you keep. It's what you keep, brother. And uh, having an EQRP is one of those ways I think will can truly uh, help you keep your money. Because uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think as individuals, we have a lot more uh, common sense than a lot more a lot of people out there. So you got to use it. So last words for you, last comments you want to make? I all this information is really useless unless you do something. So do something right now. I mean, it, 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 knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge, execution, do something. So I don't care what that is. Go, go to Kahuna, go check it out, do something, but don't just go to the next episode because you're really missing out on the whole power of learning something new. Rock and roll, man. Guys, uh, with that said, you know, this beautiful business, uh, this podcast, it, it's all possible because I had a dream of, you know, I wanted to share everything that I knew in real estate. And then I want to bring amazing guests like Damien on to uh, not only educate me, but educate the audience as well. But, you know, whatever your goals or aspirations are in the multifamily space, it, it is a great space. It can give you cash flow. It can give you legacy wealth. It can give you everything you ever wanted. But to get it, the first step, and I mean the very first step, is you got to believe it. If you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible. <laughs>